Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Godsman professional once said Alvin Kamara wasn't worth the first round pick. Eli Manning belongs nowhere near the Hall of Fame. Tried to make group a thing. The old married guy who's nice and bronzed and tan from a week off sitting on the beach, Peter Rogers, joined by some of the guys. We have the man who single-handedly destroyed the Jaguar seasons, the champion of doggos everywhere, the founder, president, and treasurer for the Gotta Chub for Nick Chubb fan club, Mr. Independent Jinker. Clark Barnes, and all the way from his new apartment in Washington, D.C., the master of sources, Mr. Stay on Brand, Jimmy Graham's cornhole partner in the future ring bearer, Aaron Rodgers and Danica Patrick Sweaty, and the happiest mother man on the planet right now, Jordan Smith. Guys, how are we doing after, for us at least, a week hiatus on the of the podcast? One of the best weeks of all time. <laughs> Such a great week. Doing great, Pete. Good. Doing great. Good. Yeah. Uh, I figured there's only one way that we should start the show and open the show and only one thing to really discuss at the opening of the show. And that is Mike McCarthy uh, finally got fired. Joe Philbin is now the interim head coach for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, and let the record show. We'll start off here patting ourselves on the back. We are batting a thousand when it comes to coaches who we want to get fired, getting fired. Last year was Mike Malarkey for the Tennessee Titans who got fired this year. We got both Hugh Jackson, which was not really a big accomplishment, but it happened and McCarthy fired. So I just want to say whatever coach we say is going to get fired or we want to get fired next season, watch out because yo ass is grass. Yeah. We're actually really good at telling when people should get fired. And it sucks because at the same time you realize there's a human being behind the uh, vacancy of the job and how it got to that point. But Also, you got to think if you were underperforming in your own line of work and you hadn't done anything great for a couple of years, you can't really be like, hey, Jim, in the break room, remember when I did that one thing six years ago? Yeah, they keep me around for that one thing. That just doesn't happen. That's not how workplaces work. It's like you're the boss of one of the most productive employees in your firm and and your group doesn't get enough done. It's like, well, you had one of the best employees to get something done with and you didn't do it. Maybe, maybe, maybe that reflects poorly on you as a leader and a manager. Yeah, I don't want to dance on anybody's grave, but uh, looking forward to Aaron Rodgers next year with a new coach. But we going to do a little bit of dancing. Um, yeah, so obviously this is huge news for all of us. Most importantly, Jordan. Jordan, how did you, I mean, I know you were packing up and probably in route of moving, but how did you celebrate this momentous occasion? Um, mostly with just a few, I told you so's and, um, trying to rationally speculate who could be next in line, who might be the best fit, uh, for Green Bay. Uh, it, it seems like the main, uh, main line of thought here is that Mike McCarthy just wasn't the correct fit for Green Bay anymore. Not that he was just a terrible leader and a bad head coach who was spiraling into oblivion for a couple of years now, but that he'll probably get another head coaching job somewhere. It seems like a lot of people have him tapped for Cleveland or uh, some other team that might be underperforming to this point who just desperately needs somebody in the locker room who knows how to run a football team effectively for a few years until he gets them maybe to a Super Bowl or not. This is just a classic relationship where the parties grew apart and I think everybody's going to be happier once they decide who gets custody of the dog and it's going to be a very amicable breakup 
a la Andy Reid and the Eagles. And, uh, you know, which it's, it's important because they'll still be able to be together for the kids. Right. And if it is like Andy Reid and the Eagles, I mean, that worked out pretty damn well for the Chiefs. So whatever team gets Mike McCarthy, I mean. And the Eagles. And the, well, and it worked out for the Eagles. That's true. Yes, of course. I mean, I, I do like to try to ignore that the fact that the Eagles won a Super Bowl on this podcast. Um, but yes, that it did work out pretty well for the Eagles. So, but I mean, just in the sense that like Mike McCarthy, yeah, you know, he's not like a, he's not a, a complete waste of a coaching position. Like, you know, he's probably probably brings something to the table. And I think Cleveland's an interesting choice because uh, one of the things that everyone kind of talks about in Cleveland is just that they don't have a, they don't know how to win, which is kind of a, I don't know how much I believe that, but like just like the the tra- the tradition of winning, I guess, isn't really there. And you had a coaching staff that clearly didn't know how to win or or had never won before, um, as evident by the fact that uh, since taking over as interim head coach, uh, what's the defensive coordinator's name? Rob Williams? No, doesn't matter. Freddie Kitchens for president. Freddie Kitchens is the leader of that team. Uh, I think but anyways, Greg the Bounty Hunter Williams. Greg the Bounty Hunter Williams has had as many wins or more wins than Hugh Jackson had in his two years as head coach for the Browns. So, see, America just proves if you just go away for two years, we will forget. We will forget everything about you. Uh, but it, Freddie Kitchens is the leader of that team. I think it could be like a. I mean, I'm not saying Mike McCarthy is John Fox, but like a John Fox situation where in that he leaves the one team that he's been around for years but he'll get another like at least another two stops to prove that he can still be a head coach and if he doesn't get it right on the second try then he's gonna have to go back to like a coordinator position i that think damning that. with faint praise yeah i was gonna john say i was fox. like i was like clark clark was like oh he could be like andy reed jordan's like could be like john fox <laughs> this is don't really know if those two over. coaches are comparable <laughs> well i i will just say it's i feel like andy reed is just he there was never a time when Andy Reid I felt like was really slumping all that badly as a coach not as badly as the Packers are right now with one of the most talented QBs of all time you know that's that's pretty hard to do how would you say what would you say Jordan to just a coaching swap between you and the Browns Browns get Mike McCarthy as their head coach you get Freddie Kitchens as your head coach who says no um I don't know how good Freddie Kitchens actually is I mean, he might just be catching lightning in a bottle right now because that tends to happen when head coaches he's a god. get fired. Or just recognize he's a god. You got to think like a writer and not a fan. Freddie Kitchens is like an endless run of puns. There's there's so much that you can do with it. I saw a play uh, that he designed. It was uh, the Jarvis Landry's rushing touchdown or pass rush touchdown at the one-yard line, whatever, against the Panthers this past week where it was like a double reverse. They first had motion for a jet sweep, and then they fake-tossed it to the running back and then had another jet sweep to Jarvis Landry for the touchdown. And the the guy, I think it might have been Evan Silva who tweeted it out. Probably because It probably was because Nick retweeted it, and that's where I saw it And since Nick lives by the – gospel of evan silva i assume that's who it was tweeted out but basically you see luke keekley getting fooled by the toss to the running back and his whole point was like wow it takes a lot to fool luke keekley like that's some good play calling and, and play construction right there and it's like oh freddie kitchens knows what he's doing imagine what he could do with aaron Rodgers and aaron jones and all those receivers oh freddie kitchens getting hot and dingly freddie kitchens uh tricking him like getting a two-year-old to eat broccoli before the shit that was not good sorry you got to work on it a little bit but that's the kind of thing that you'd you'd have right right exactly you'd have endless food cooking uh uh um uh baking all kinds of puns they'd all be it just for the for you jordan as a writer for the packers uh i just feel like you would want this even more than just a fan for the packers yeah, well, see, I'm I'm torn between allegiances to being a um, objective journalist and being a fan. I know who I don't want as a coach, but I'm a little bit afraid of who might actually get the job because we don't want another. I mean, everybody wants their Sean McVay, like he's the prototype of what sort of coach you want nowadays. But I just don't think that's duplicable. You kind of got to be able to take what what's out there. And um, and hope you're making the right choice instead of grasping at straws and thinking, oh, this is going to be our next Sean McVay when the guy could 
crash and burn because Sean McVay is a special kind of mind and talent to get at that coaching position at 32 years old. Not not according to Rams fans. Do you guys see this? <laughs> you see this? Uh, I forget who tweeted it out, but basically uh, it was the Rams Twitter account and tweeted out, you know, like Sean McVay being like, I take full responsibility for that, for that loss and blah, 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 blah. And like, Half the comments are Rams fans being like, oh, we've heard this before. Get a new act, Sean McVay. Oh, Sean McVay, why don't you learn from these losses? It's like he says this, and then they lose the next week. And it's it's like, Rams fans, you're 11-2, and two, best team in the NFC. Let's let's chill out here. With- After both losses. Right, exactly. Let's chill out with this whole, like, the world is crushing down around us, and we're at, or such a tortured season. See, the Rams- head coach doesn't know what he's doing. The Rams had a good thing going with good old boy St. Louis, you know, didn't drive the fanciest car, didn't have the nicest house, but treated him good. Now you're out in L.A. with emotionally abusive boyfriend L.A. fans. How do you like them apples? How do you like them apples? Still on the food. Jordan, this is this is your time to quickly pitch Sean McVay that the Packers are to a fault reliable and 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 um, and uh, and would never speak ill of him. And that that this is a much more the Green Bay fan base is a much better welcoming, much more welcoming and much, much happier place uh, for for a head coach to be. I think that's a great I think it's a great pitch to get him to come to Green Bay. Yeah. Hey, Sean, you can go to Green Bay. Um, You're probably not going to get as hot of a girlfriend if you move to Green Bay. Uh, An L.A. seven is probably like a Green Bay three. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But also great quarterback, solid running game, very below average defense, but they're getting better. Um, there's n- probably a little bit more pressure, but guess what? You're not the other team in Green Bay. There's only one team in Green Bay, and everybody will know your name. And um, it's true. Yeah, Green Bay. It gets a little, a little chilly, a little nippy, but. You'll be fine. You you've coached in uh in Washington for a couple of years. You'll be all right. That was a very successful pitch. I don't know how if I were Sean McVay, how I'd ever say no to that. It was terrible. I don't know why any <laughs> athlete wouldn't would want to play anywhere other than Los Angeles. <laughs> like people wonder why LeBron went to Los Angeles to play for the Lakers. It's because it's Los Angeles. It, it's, it's horrible. It is it's a, it's great for the brand. And Jordan is Mr. Stay on brand, so it's hard to argue with his logic there. Uh, let's move on in the podcast because we could just continue to talk about this, that, and the other thing forever. We do have some actual topics to discuss. Uh, obviously, it's back. We haven't talked about it in a long time since there hasn't been really a consistent podcast for a couple of weeks now. Uh, we've got You Help No One nominees for this week, which Clark had told me were very good. So I'll pat myself on the old back of Rungo. Uh, then we're going to play Would You Rather, because that's a game we haven't played in forevers. Uh, and then maybe if we have time, we'll do some quick waiver wire ads, though. Again, as Clark said off air, um, why would you ever care about that in week 15? And as I will tell him too, because unless Dalvin Cook gets me 23 points tonight, uh, as we are recording this, I will be out in the RB1 Podcast League. And so I don't care about waivers then either. I need it or else Jordan wins. And that's crushing and hurtful. Or because you lost Odell Beckham to a last minute benching and you had to pick somebody up off the waiver wire to substitute in. Yeah. Which was terrible. Clark of the Mighty continues to roll, everybody. Oh, God damn it. Clark of the Mighty is going to just roll right through this league. All because all because of what? Who have you ridden? James Conner, I know you had for a hot sec, but now he's out. Alvin Kamara, Nick Chubb, DeAndre yeah, Hopkins, oh, Julian Nick Edelman, Chubb. George Kittle. This is an uh, George Kittle. Eight-team league, so the teams are all ridiculous. True, but clearly the most ridiculous. not. Yeah, exactly. Not as ridiculous as Clark the Mighty's. I clearly get to work on a computer all day, and I'm like, oh shit, Carlos Hyde got traded. <laughs> Boom, all got right. him. Uh, excellent. Well, let's talk. Let's talk. Uh, you held no one nominees for week 14. Uh, I have been politely asked off air by um, by the important people who help operate and run this podcast that my British accent is offensive. Uh, and that the people of uh, Jolly Good England will stop listening to this podcast entirely uh, if I continue to do it for this nominated section. So instead, I'm going to do my best uh, hoity-toity rich person voice. 
the people of Texas who are the people of Texas or appreciate that. Excellent. There we go. Uh, so week 14 nominees for you help no one. Our first nominee, we have Jared Goff, who had 180 yards and four interceptions. Our second nominee, Todd Gurley, who had 11 attempts for 28 yards and three receptions for 30. But our third nominee, Brandon Bolden, who was a running back for the Miami Dolphins and in a revenge game against the New England Patriots. Two attempts for 60 yards for two touchdowns. The German is just begging to break through. I know, it's just on the tip of my tongue and I'm fighting it back. (laughs) Doing glorious bastards all over again. (laughs) Our fourth nominee, Antonio Brown. Five receptions for 35 yards. And finally, our last nominee for You Help No One Week 14, Derrick Henry with 17 attempts for 238 yards and four touchdowns. Jordan, we'll start with you. Who's your nominee for this week's award? I'm going to go with Jared Goff this week. Um, I think a lot of people might have been depending on like a high-scoring uh, Matt Nagy versus Sean McVay uh, shootout, um, at least getting into the 30s for points, but that was definitely not the case. Uh, Jared Goff just looked really bad last night, and he, he looked like Jeff Fisher's Jared Goff for stretches there. Like he was just missing uh, receivers, overthrowing targets, and I mean four interceptions, and couldn't even eclipse 200 yards. I bet you in some leagues he tanked uh, in points and went to the negative. So yeah, I'm going Jared Goff because I think you're also uh, wondering if you should even play him next week too, which is shocking. I have been preaching on this podcast for weeks that the Rams playing the Bears is going to sink a ton of teams. And I know there's not much you can do about it. But I was so happy to be right about, you know, that was one or two things this year. That was a that was a hot take, a playoff hot take that you had when we did that podcast. What was it two or three weeks ago? And the hot take was that the the Bears game is going to torch a bunch of Rams ownership. and. You're 100% right. I, for instance, got effing torched because Brandy Cooks had only five points. Um, and and anyone who had Todd Gurley got torched because, as he's on this list for, he only got you – he got you single digits for the first time this season, uh, which is actually a very impressive move by uh, – and stat by Todd. It's great, but it's all anybody is going to remember. Right. They're only going to remember the fact that in week week 14, either to start or finish your first round of the playoffs, he completely lets you down. Uh, Clark, who's your nominee? Uh, My nominee is Brandon Bolden, just to be a jerk to you. Uh, I'm very, very happy I did not watch that game. I was in transit from from, uh, Dubai and... I oh Whoa. my god! I was not the best thing to like open my phone to, and I was like, "Oh, the Dolphins won! Oh, oh, they won on a double lateral that Gronk then, got juked out of his feet for." Is that is that Gronk? Oh god! All right, since we're on this, we're gonna take a hot sec. Uh, oh, Bill Belichick, yes. Bill yes. Belichick, buddy. Uh, what what went through your mind in a coaching decision to be like Ryan Tannehill, who? A doesn't have a shoulder. B is has one leg. Is going to throw seventy five yards in a hail mary to the end zone. Right? Was that what you thought was going to happen? And that's why you put Gronk in. The only reason you put Gronk in this—they did this with Randy Moss—is because it's a jump ball, and you put your biggest guy to go read the jump ball. Hey, guess what? That's not what the be- freaking Dolphins were going to do. They were going to do this sh- little screen lateral shit. And what you don't want is your six foot seven guy who A doesn't know how to tackle. B doesn't know how to have a rush angle to run down a tackler, and C looks like a goddamn person running through molasses with weights on his feet. Also, D had a very nice game for me that I really needed this week. He did. Gronk played well. And the thing is, it's just like what we said about Todd Gurley. All anyone's going to remember from that game about Gronk is Gronk taking a horrible angle, tripping over his big-ass <laughs> feet, and then falling face-first into the ground. Oh, for the love of God, if you want to put a big guy who can read a pass or try to tackle someone, put Cordell Patterson back there. It's literally what he does as a gunner for a punt return. Come on, Bill. I remember Gronk dropping a 30-burger in my big league. That's all I remember about. <laughs> That's all. Care. That's great. And then playing Fallout, watching Red Zone going, is that Gronk? Is that 
as Kenyon Drake runs by the last defender. I think there's just something because Miami is the furthest division game that the Pats have to play that I think when they fly down there, something happens in like the jet stream where they just don't do the usual correct thing and they end up losing in an unexplicable way. Like that that's kind of inexplicable, especially for Belichick not being able to read that Ryan Tannehill probably couldn't throw it 50 yards in the air, let alone another 75. Oh, that's yeah. so great. It was tough. Um, that being said, and again, shout out to uh, Rich Hill, who's the manager for Pat's Pulpit, which is the SB Nation Patriots account, tweeted out. He was like, to be honest, Patriots fans can't really complain about winning on miraculous plays, considering the last two Super Bowls have been miraculous wins for the Patriots. So I can't really complain. Or the last two Super Bowls. So people in New England uh, proving they can complain about anything, apparently. Yeah, we really can. We're really good at it. Uh, Also, evidently, we eat canned bread. I saw this and and was like, no, there's, I forget who it was. It's like, you know, uh, now this or whatever was like, New England people just can't get enough of their canned bread. I was like, what? No, none of us eat canned bread. The fudge are you talking about? I didn't know that was such a thing. I didn't know it was such a thing either. But I guess we New Englanders can't get enough of it. Anyways. Uh, Grand's biscuits that come in a little cardboard can that pops open. No, this is like a legit like can and the uh, pop it and the whole loaf of bread comes out. And I guess it's delicious. I don't know. Well, I've heard of canned bacon, which I feel is a good idea. But right. Bread. I don't know. God, it's a tube, it? by the way, Jordan. Biscuits come in a tube. <laughs> in a tube. Sorry. Sorry. It's, okay. it's a little bit longer than a can. Therefore, it takes on the moniker it, of tube. Right. It's it like a square and rectangle. It opens from the middle. <laughs> it the poof cans should not. Oh, that. that's right. It's like yeah. if your cans are going poof, do not eat that food. Do not. That <laughs> is that is that. PSA: Your cans should not go poof. I was trying to figure out. I was trying to remember the quote uh, from "If I Had a Million Dollars," where they have pre-wrapped sausage, but they don't have pre-wrapped bacon. Well, can you blame them? Yeah, uh, just because we we're talking about bacon and things. Uh, my nominee for this week is uh, Derek Henry. Uh, for a You Help No One Award, because as I said on the uh, article, the poll that we posted on faketeams.com, Derrick Henry did a great job of kind of sucking it up all season where you were like, well, is he really worth a start? If he's not a regular start, you kind of don't know really know when to play him. And you perfectly he timed it to make sure that he was on everyone's benches uh, just in order to post this miraculously absurd game where he has – uh, 47 or so fantasy points. Um, and if you go to the pull on fake teams, uh, that is indeed the winner with eight total votes. Derek Henry, we had Der- Jared Goff letting you down was second in the polls, and uh, Todd Gurley was first, uh, third in the goals. Brendan Bolden did not re- receive any votes, Clark. So, way to way to know the uh, the general populace. Way to know what they're thinking. I got wait. what I wanted out of that segment. <laughs> I do have to say though, in regards to Derek Henry. If you played Derrick Henry, then great. That was an excellent guess by you, and you're probably reaping the benefits. But I feel like the majority of people did not start Derrick Henry, and you have at least 40 points sitting on your back. Oh, yeah. Like, don't feel too terrible that you didn't start him because basically nobody thought to start no, him. No, that's fair. The The main thing about it is, is, is a full season thing. Like, if Derrick Henry had at least had had – good games throughout the season where you're like, all right, he's not a must start RB two or a flex option, but he has shown me enough that I'll intermittently start him. Maybe you were lucky enough to stumble into this game. But the fact that this was just kind of like, he was such a hot name in the off season and then immediately destroyed all of his fantasy value. And then Dion Lewis took off and then the Titans just kind of forgot about him, used him weirdly intermittently. And then all of a sudden he just posts this record breaking absurd game where he just looks like the greatest player to have ever played the running back position. It's, it's just hard. It's hard. It's it's a shitty thing to have. Plus that 47 points on the bench would absolutely rip my heart out. If I then lost. Probably maybe Clark doesn't know what losing is. If you you started Derrick Henry, you were that's dumb. Like you got (laughs) lucky. Good for you. But like, that's like the guy who wins the lottery. He's like, I got a system. He's like, no, you don't. You just 
you got lucky. It looks good. You're just dumb. Yeah. That's what Clark thinks. I'm I glad like that you might maybe not have been in a, like a playoff contention or matchup if you had Derrick Henry anyway. Mm. Like, was he really just sitting on your bench, or did you overdraft him and then not end up playing him all year? And then you know, that would what I mean? be even more crushing. Imagine if you overdrafted him and then basically like kept holding on to him, kept holding on to him, kept holding on to him, and then you decide to bench him this week, and then he just tor- torches it to you. I'm glad that Clark took this whole segment just. To uh, to trigger me about the Patriots. Oh, yeah. it's good, good. I expect Ty nothing Gurley, less. Todd Gurley. So in my big money league, the number one seed will likely go down in flaming defeat because of a couple of bad games and facing George Kittle and Tom Brady, and I could not be happier. Oh, uh, that's lovely. Personal fantasy update. You're all welcome. Everyone's welcome. So there you go. So Derrick Henry, uh, even though he set records, scored four touchdowns, had 283 yards or whatever, 238, I think. Um, he also brought home you help no one award for this week. So good for him. Congratulations. Congratulations. That's just a big one. It's a big, big award to have in your trophy case. Uh, let's play. Let's play. Would you rather? Cause we haven't played in forever. Uh, and I gotta, I've got to do the voice. Let's play some. Uh, would you rather? rules are simple it's a would you rather game i don't feel like we need to explain it any more than that we've played this game a lot we haven't played it in a while we thought we'd bring it back to just entertain the masses uh clark you want to start us off yes would you rather running back a who's averaging 17 points a week for the past three weeks has scored 17 points 27.9 and 11.1 in standard scoring or todd Gurley. I'm going with Todd. Going give Todd? me the higher, give me the higher upside. I mean, he's kind of slowed down over the past couple of weeks, but I think having a matchup against Philadelphia and Arizona coming up is pretty delicious. For Arizona Todd, really. is super nice. Is Philly that bad against the run? And I just the think they're not that they're great just, generally. They don't care. Oh man! If only some of us, someone on this podcast, had said they wouldn't make the playoffs. Um. Yeah, I kind of would have to agree with Jordan. I mean, that that rest of the schedule is pretty pretty, uh, and I'm just going to trust that Sean McVay, despite what Rams fans say, uh, will learn from his mistakes and will start giving the rock to Todd Gurley a little bit more, and hopefully that will lead to a little more success. But I have to say, I am quite curious to figure out who this mystery RBA is. So RBA, the third running back over the past three weeks, is Philip Lindsay. Who has been putting Todd Gurley to shame two out of three weeks? Start both of them. <laughs> Start both of them. You got both. Is this what it's like when I don't follow the rules? Is this yeah. like, yes. <laughs> no, no. I, I get what you mean, obviously. But that, that would be great if somebody had both of them. But I think I'm still going with Todd Gurley just for higher ceiling. Yeah, Bill Lindsay also has got a real pretty schedule. The Browns and the Raiders and then the Chargers to finish up the season. That's pretty saucy. I think I would still I would still stick with Todd Gurley just because he's, you know, Todd Gurley and, and has been all but a fantasy destroyer um uh this whole season. So uh Jordan, who give us your first would you rather? All right. So I didn't divide it up into A's and B's like Clark did, but for next week, week 15, would you rather start Russell Wilson against the San Francisco 49ers or Lamar Jackson against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which has a chance to be a high-scoring game because um, Tampa's defense sucks? Um, and there's the caveat of if we do truly believe that Flacco is going to be a part of the game plan if he comes back, um, which they've been insisting on, um since he got injured but is that actually true should that matter should lamar jackson really be losing snaps to old joe flacco russell wilson the number two quarterback in the last few weeks second behind only patrick mahomes i love lamar jackson but russell wilson is really picking at the right time for fantasy owners so 
and I have him. So I'm going to put it into the world <laughs> that he's going uh, to be better. And, and so I, he will be. Yeah. Science. Yep. We've proven that science to be very true on this podcast. Yeah. I'm going to go with Russell Wilson as well. San Francisco's become a dumpster fire. I also, I kind of do love this. I kind of love the fact that I think Wilson and, uh, no Seattle Seahawks team loves sticking it to Sherman. Uh, so I think that that's going to be, that's also, I love my little narratives on narrative street. So I can't remember who said it, but I saw a tweet that was like, if Russell Wilson cured cancer, Richard Sherman be like, they've been working on that for a long time. <laughs> they've been actually, they've been working. They've been really building on that. I'm so sorry. I can't credit oh, whoever said that. Uh, also, for also for uh, the Ravens talking about whether or not Joe Flacco is going to play, please give me a break. Joe Flacco is not touching the field if John Harbaugh wants to keep his job. It's that simple. It's a just this is John Harbaugh just being like, I'm going to try to uh, manipulate the injury reports, and, uh, and he's like, oh, I don't know who we're going to start. Maybe we'll play Robert Griffin the third. I mean, who knows? Maybe Gus Edwards will play quarterback. The Ravens are just always in this position where they need three things to happen and they're going to make the playoffs. Right. And the the three teams like I thought they were going to win this weekend, actually. And I realized that I think on on whatever the podcast was. uh, No, it wasn't last week. It was two weeks ago that I locked the Ravens up to beat the Falcons, which they did. I thought I had done it this week, too. But then I was like, oh, I wasn't on the podcast this week. Um, But anyways, yeah, I thought they were going to win that game, too. I thought they were going to beat the chiefs, but then the chiefs pulled it out of their butts because Patrick Mahomes is kind of a freak of nature. Yeah. He's a little bit of an alien. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he is a freak. Um, my first, would you rather is not at all fantasy related, um, but it is football related and it does actually involve uh, Lamar Jackson. And this is just kind of, this is a question. A would you rather that harkens back to uh, the beginning of this season where we had lengthy podcasts and lengthy debates uh, um, during draft about these two quarterbacks who are arguably the two most controversial quarterbacks in this draft. We've seen a, at least now decent amount of play out of Lamar Jackson. We've seen a lot of play out of this other quarterback. Uh, who would you rather have? Would you rather Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen as your franchise quarterback uh, going forward? Lamar Jackson. I think, well, I mean, you hate to make this comparison because it's being made all the time but i think lamar jackson has the upside of michael vick if michael vick didn't go to prison um, like if he just continued on his trajectory of just tearing apart defenses whereas i i think i said this on the podcast before i think josh allen's ceiling is jay cutler like he's going to make some really good big arm throws that you're like holy crap, like, does this guy really have it all? But then he's probably going to throw some really dumb interceptions that are going to make you wonder, like, why did we pick this guy? Like, why is he here? And, um, yeah, I think you can probably tool Lamar Jackson a little bit better, and Josh Allen might be who he is. Yeah, I like both uh, for fantasy and especially for the fantasy playoffs here. I like Lamar Jackson a little bit more. Uh, They're both excellent runners. They're both erratic, but it seems like, and this is super early in their careers, but it seems like Lamar Jackson actually sees where he's supposed to throw it and he's just missing throws. Josh Allen still just looks completely lost and then also misses a bunch of throws. Uh, So I just think Lamar Jackson's further along and he does have that easy flick of the wrist kind of 40 yard pass, which is just real tempting. It's true. And I also know that I, when I was writing this, I was like, well, I'm just going to be preaching to the choir here. Um, but I wanted to see if anyone's opinions had slightly changed. Uh, Josh Allen, I will say, the two things that I have found very surprising about Josh Allen, well, one main thing is that his ability to run is legit. Like, he is actually a very athletic dude. Um, what's up, kitty? <laughs> um, and uh, and that's not something I knew about him. You Just the fact, I saw some stat where it was like in the last three or four weeks, Josh Allen's like rushed for the fourth most yards or something like that which is not ruining my would you rather as well so get it out (laughs) um and then i just i think i think josh allen also has i mean lamar jackson certainly has the flick of the wrist josh allen had one throw against the jaguars when he took them down two weeks ago and it was to robert foster where he was getting sacked by like three different guys from all different directions and somehow Mm -hmm. got the ball out to robert foster like 40 yards down the field 
which was insanely impressive. I think that from what I've seen of Josh Allen in terms of arm talent and mobility and athleticism, like I agree with what you're saying, Clark, in terms of field vision, like that's certainly something he needs to be improve on and making his reads. I, I I'm starting now to see where the potential is and where, and why teams were like drooling at him, especially now seeing how successful Pat Mahomes is as like a big rocket arm guy who can flick the ball, throw from any platform and is very athletic. I don't know if Josh Allen can throw from any platform quite yet, but he's got that cannon of an arm. I can, I'm starting to understand more why teams were so hot on him. Lamar Jackson's obviously my pick because I mean, podcast favorite, the guys of athlete who completely changes your offense. Josh Allen, I think, is still a, a quarterback, and you can still plan for him accordingly. Lamar Jackson is a whole different beast that defenses need to prepare for. So I'm all, I'm all about creating the most dynamic and interesting offense that you can. Clark, hit me with your second would you rather. So would you rather Phillip Rivers or Josh Allen for the oh. rest of the season? In fantasy? In yeah. life. In life. <laughs> Give me Phillip Rivers and all 10 of his kids. I would much rather have Phillip Rivers. Dude <laughs> is balling out, and as... Todd Gurley. Hey, and... family show. God. Whoops. <laughs> um, and as Todd Gurley and Drew Brees literally try to hand the MVP award away and not accept it for either of them, Philip Rivers is making a run at it. And I believe in Philip Rivers. There's some quick stats recon. I, I can help with that. Uh, Philip Rivers past three games. I, I keep bringing up past three games because it's fantasy playoffs and what happened week six, seven, eight doesn't right. matter anymore. Screw that shit. Got to get that out of your head. It's it's week 15. It's week 14. Philip Rivers has gone 20, 20, and 13 and a half. This is all ESPN scoring. Mm-hmm. And he's QB7 in the past three weeks. Uh, past three games, Josh Allen has gone 26, 26, and 18, and he's number two. And Points per game at QB, and then he's playing the Lions, the Patriots, and the Dolphins. The Dolphins, who he's already put up big games against, the Lions, whose defense is just completely disintegrated, and the Patriots, who don't have a defense either. So I, I, I'm could be so bold as to go with Josh Allen here. I agree that Philip Rivers is is playing well, but he also has and and he has the Chiefs on his schedule, which is nice. But he also has the Ravens on his schedule. And there's one other team, and then the Broncos, both of which are are stout defenses. Um, and yeah, sure, whatever. I'll say it. Sure, Josh Allen. That's my would you rather. I'll take him. Clark. I'm sticking with Philip Rivers <laughs> and his children. And his children, them. all ten of them. What was that graphic for? What was the, the where they built like the Philip Rivers starting offensive team? Oh yeah, with his entire family. His entire I... family being all eleven personnel. I think they were talking. Was it that more where they talk? Was this the Bill Simmons podcast where they were talking about a reality show with oh. Philip Rivers, and that's what they should do? I was like, I swear to God, if they say they should call the show "A Philip Rivers Runs Through It," I will lose my mind right now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember if that was during the Pittsburgh game or not. Sounds like something they talk about on Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football is just absurd and redonkulous especially with those graphics i'm kind of for it i'm actually very for it i don't know why i said kind of i'm all there jordan what's your second would you rather oh uh my second would you rather is battle of the slot receivers um in another week 15 matchup i may or may not be deciding between these two <laughs> um it is jarvis juice landry against the Denver Broncos or Julian Edelman against the Steelers of Pittsburgh. Um, Landry hasn't had as great of a season as Edelman, uh, but over the past two games, he's had over 100 scrimmage yards, whereas um, Edelman's been a little bit more consistent. Um, Obviously, Tom Brady's favorite target at this point, and he had like 12 targets yesterday. Uh, But he plays a pretty stout Pittsburgh Steelers defense next week, so they might be able to hone in, especially if Gronk continues to look as old as he does or Josh Gordon doesn't produce. Uh, I want to take a quick moment and talk about how I need 23 points from Dalvin Cook uh, in order to beat Jordan in the RB1 league. And that is because, partially because I benched Jarvis Landry because I was like, "Ah, what has Jarvis Landry done for me recently? And then, of course, he scores two touchdowns. So thanks, Jarv. Uh, I'm going to go with Jarvis Landry. 
I think Julian Edelman, I agree with you, Jordan, that he has been bowing out recently. But Edelman is, I think the Steelers game could be an Edelman game where he is a chain turner, but not a big play guy. Where he's going to, Brady's going to, you know, it's going to be third and nine. Brady's just going to rip it into Julian's chest for, you know, 10 yards and get the first down. But I don't know if that's going to equate to like a hundred plus receiving game and a couple touchdowns or a touchdown. Whereas I can see Jarvis against the Broncos. And if I'm not mistaken, Chris Harris Jr. is injured, got injured. Something happened to Chris Harris Jr. Uh, oh, yeah. He's out with a broken leg. Boom. He's out with a broken leg. So the Broncos don't have a slot corner anymore. Uh, and not let alone their best corner. So I think Jarvis Landry could certainly eat uh, against them this coming week. And in the Steelers department, I think I think it's going to be big plays to the outside, and I think it could be a, a big James White game just to exploit their linebackers. Julian Edelman, I don't know if Julian Edelman's going to get you 100-plus in a touch, or as Jarvis Landry might be able to post that against the Broncos since they no longer have Chris Harris. <sighs> it's a good one. I just... And I love Jarvis Landry. He didn't have as good of a year as I thought he was going to have. Uh, but I I can't bet against the Patriots and the Steelers each putting up like 400 yards. Also fair. Because the Steelers' defense did look hot trash, hot garbage uh, against the Raiders. Oh, my God. The Steelers lost to the Raiders. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, I missed this entire week of football, so I'm like trying good to. Good for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's good. It's nice to take a little time off. I'm trying to like quickly do all my research and see what actually happened this past week. Um, but that's wow. Really Steelers. Come on. It was a really strange week of football. It was a strange week of football. Derek Henry's a God. Mari Cooper's a God. Mari Cooper kicked Nick out of the fantasy league. <laughs> my second and final, would you rather uh, is unsurprisingly an essay. So buckle your seatbelts. Would you rather be the secondary love interest in a young adult fiction novel set in the future where aliens take over the earth and make humans fight in a free-for-all battle to the death to determine social rank where you're constantly rejected by the main character, Gwen Diddlewin, who only has eyes for the scrawny pale boy, Edward, despite the fact that you're as sexy as hell and have a perfect 18-pack and you ultimately sacrifice yourself for Gwen Diddlewin for no reason other than you love her and you hope killing yourself for her will make her love you even more. Spoiler alert, it does. And she leaves Edward for your dead body. So ultimately, who's the idiot now, Edward? Or you lose your lead by one singular point and anyone on your bench could have gotten you the win had you just started them in your flex. I would rather lose my fantasy league by one singular point because that other scenario sounds like the worst possible thing that can happen to a human being. Uh, bro- broken heart, aliens invade Earth, dead. It doesn't sound like that's a good recipe. But you do win her love. The love that you ultimately seek. She does love your dead body. So, who you know, it seems like a, a, a actually success story if you read it properly. You no. just lose. That's I understand. Plus, she has diddle in her name, and that freaks me <laughs> out. So I'm going with the fantasy L. <laughs> Yeah, I've done the unrequited love thing before, and there is no bigger waste of time in human existence. So I will gladly take the loss in fantasy. Uh, and just to, you know, for all you guys out there, uh, if you love someone who doesn't love you back, take someone else. Yeah. There's, lots of, there's lots of men and women out there. There's lots of people that uh, would love to have you, and you're worth it. For the record, uh, the young adult series, the book would be called Peasant. And then it would be book one of the social killers series. And then each book would steadily increase in social rank until the fourth and final one, which would be called King question mark. Cause can you have a King when there's alien overlords? That would be, it would be a whole commentary on social class. It's really kind of gripping literature. So wait for fantasy leagues this kind of is tied in in some way would you rather lose by one point and like have it be a super close matchup where you guys are going back and forth in the projections or would you rather get blown out so badly it looks like you shouldn't even be in the championship game <laughs> i'd rather get killed no question yeah i was gonna lose anyway you're gonna lose anyways why make it why why add take years off of your life i'd rather it be close i think 
Just just for a thrilling, like it might come down to Monday night. You need that's so that's what I would be down for. I would yeah. rather instead of getting blown out, I would be rather like you're down a, a good amount, maybe like 15 points, and you need one person, you only have one person, and it's Monday night, and you're like, all right, if this person gets me 15 or 16 points, great. I now have one. If not, it's like, well, all right. I've you know, I don't really I've lost by enough that it was a big ask anyway for this player to get it to me. Uh, but that way, either you're like winning on this super high note because you're like, oh my God, the one player got it for me, or you've lost. And kind of like Clark's saying, you're like, oh, I got not blown out, but you're like, it was an insurmountable lead. It's a bummer, but whatever. I've made my peace already with it. So I'd rather win by one, but if I'm going to lose, just ugh. personally, I'd be like, if I won by a single point, I'd be like, hey, you know what? Good game. Like, that was a tight one. I got a little lucky there. It was awesome. Great season. But if I blow you up by 30 points, I'm going to be like, suck it. You're terrible. <laughs> Delete your team. Don't ever play fantasy again. I am the champ. Give me the trophy. So just for like someone's mental state, yeah, you should so really choose losing by one. I think of what it'd be like if I was on the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> it would not be good. I can I can assure you uh, that would that would be a hard a hard pill to swallow after getting blown out. Does anyone else have any other would you rather's? Clark, I know you had mentioned that you had. A- I've got I've got a real quick one. So right, this is the number. This is the number one wide receiver in the past three weeks. Averaged sixteen points in standard. Teams on a three game win streak, and playing for the number five QB in the same span. Ooh. Or Keenan Allen. Definitely that other guy. Spoiler alert: It's both. Oh. Is it really? Damn yeah. it! Wait, Keenan really? Allen's awesome. That was just Clark. We that was Clark's just Keenan Allen. I said he was going to be great. He's great. He's winning your fantasy championships. Keenan Allen's bringing it home. Has Keenan Allen broken my beer bet yet? Damn it, he has. Barely, oh. like he accidentally caught a touchdown and. Yeah, uh, that um, that touchdown catch almost killed me. <laughs> oh my god! And Mike Williams is at seven. Oh. If Mike Williams. Gets ten touchdowns, and Keenan Allen finishes with six. That's going to be losing by one point, and it's going to hurt. Mike Williams is at like seven touchdowns on fourteen catches on the year. Like a true boss. That's a red zone threat right there. Let's see what Keenan Allen is. Old guy YMCAing people. You just don't understand it, and he's just open. Keenan like, Allen also looks open. like an old guy YMCA. That boy is just... balding. He is like twenty-seven though. I know. 28, which is makes me feel a little bit bad. But whatever. Go Keenan Allen. Do your you thing. You should just go for the Come full on. head shave. That's what I mean. Not the, Clark, speak more to that. Yeah. I wish I could grow a beard like that. Mm. I think it's glorious. He's 26 years old. A grizzled veteran. Yes, yes, yes. He's seen things. Yeah. Mike Williams has 30 catches and seven touchdowns. I love it. Should we quickly do some waiver wire ads for anyone who is uh, caring about week 15? I honestly didn't jot any down. Perfect. I've got one. If you've been guessing at tight end, uh, with Greg Olson out, Carolina tight end, Ian Thomas has had a couple of good weeks. So week 13, five catches, five targets, 46 yards. Uh, Week 14, 11 targets, nine receptions, 77 yards. So if you've just been swinging and missing and it hasn't really hurt you, uh, you could do a lot worse than guessing on cam newton's apparently new favorite target uh i guess i am infatuated with the bills and their offense this podcast which is what happens when the patriots lose in a close game against the dolphins i just decide screw it i'm now a bills fan uh robert foster let's take clark's look at the last four weeks and see what's happened robert foster since his breakout game back in week 10 he's recorded at least 90 receiving yards in three out of those four games going over a hundred in two of those games uh he's coming off of his biggest workload where he saw eight targets and caught seven of them i just he's one percent owned in yahoo leagues all this man does is ball so like if you are struggling to figure out who your wide receiver three or your flex option or whatever is going to be get him throw him on your roster to see what happens i also like deshaun hamilton now that uh emmanuel sanders is out with the torn achilles who came in and played very well and very nicely in that role it's the rookies and all up in denver I think the week after um, we did those uh, deep waiver wire ads, I said to add Robert Robert Foster. And I think the week after that was the one where he just kind of dropped a deuce in Miami. But yeah. he bounced back. So hopefully you, you hung on to him a little bit longer. <laughs> 
Oh, Clark, you just took a sharp inhalation, so I thought you had I'm watching the game. It's amazing that Bud Light (laughs) is giving away Bud Lights so that people will hold them next to the stupid Bud Light mascot, and they're all unopened because it's piss poor beer. (laughs) Bud Light, if you'd like to sponsor the show. We would love to have you on so we could hold closed cans of Bud Light on the screen for no one to see. We will not say dilly dilly. (laughs) Well, not. I'll drink a Bud Light, but I will not do the stupid commercial. I'll give you a wazzah. This it. Bud Light is delicious. Dilly, dilly. Guess okay. what? I'd rather drink a mead. Good. I'm pretty sure that's that's code for them saying, hey, don't drink good IPAs or um, craft beers and drink our crappy large corporate beer instead. Oh, yeah. right? I don't even think that's sneaky. I think that's pretty blatantly what they're talking about. <laughs> Just making sure, you just know. Just confirming. Just confirming for the masses. I mean, like, Ruth's Chris is for douchebags. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. Uh, there you go. Hope you enjoyed all of that. We're back, and it feels good to be back. Mike McCarthy's fired. Just the, It's a great day for all of us. We're really, really happy. Uh, Jordan's going to walk out this podcast breakfast club style. Fists to the sky. Ugh. Trench coat flapping in the wind. That's how I imagine Mike McCarthy walked off Lambeau Field for the last time. Oh, see, I imagined him walking off, just flipping everyone off. <laughs> the, end, the end to what is the what is the Burger Boy scene? I can't remember. Bad reference. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> be sure to subscribe on iTunes, on Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Only if you get your podcast from those two places, though. Uh, leave a review give us five stars tell us you love us follow us on twitter at rb1 podcast follow myself at pete m rogers follow clark at nfl clark jordan at jordan underscore smith 27 we will be back into your ear holes uh later this week as we do week 15 starts and sits and get you prepped to continue through your successful playoff run or if you are falling down 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 into the sacco and you need to beat your opponent in order to not to lose your league we can help you there too until then peace